when you go around the backside of the windows, they're now called the spectacles. And I just don't agree with it. I don't know why you would change the name, whether you're looking at the front side or the back side. Nobody does that for me. I know. You're just John. (laughs) Some people prefer different sides of me. John from the front, John from the back. (laughs) This is the Exploring the National Parks podcast with Dirt in My Shoes. My name is Ash, and I'm a former park ranger and the founder of Dirt in My Shoes. I think that the parks are best seen from the trail, and I'm here to make national park trip planning easy. And I'm John. I carry the kids on the trails, I tell stories, and notice all the things that Ash doesn't care about much, like rocks. Join us as we show you around America's spectacular national parks. We're sharing our favorite places, fun facts, adventures, and misadventures. And we'll even throw in a little trip planning. Let's start exploring. Today, I wanted to start out by telling everyone, tell the world that I did something that I'm very proud of and excited about that I've never tried before, but have always wanted to because I admired it so much when I saw it on the Count of Monte Cristo movie. You stuck your hand in between two droplets of water? (laughs) Speed of hand. (laughs) Speed. Nope, nope. It wasn't that. It's when he put out the candle with just his fingers. Oh. I, the other day, wanted to do it so bad. I was reading a book to candlelight because I thought it would be fun. And then at the end, I was like, I'm going to put this out like the Count of Monte Cristo. And so I Googled how to do it without burning myself. And then I did it. And... It was so scary, but it was awesome, and it wasn't nearly as hard as I thought it would be. I love how you Googled it, and you didn't even just try. (laughs) You had to Google it first. (laughs) I wanted to make sure that he didn't, like, that there wasn't, like, a specific strategy, like, you have to dip your hands in cold water twice and then hurry and put your (laughs) fingers over the candle wick. Nope. You didn't even really need to lick your fingers, but you could, and I did a lot of that, which is a little (laughs) gross, but I just... It was my first time. Well, congratulations. Yeah. That's a big, big deal. Yeah. I thought that it was pretty cool. I feel like that was, that's a feather in the cap of John's masculinity. Oh. <laughs> well, if we all could be more like The Count of Monte Cristo. That yes. book is so depressing. It's one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. And then I finally did read the book. Yeah. Which is like a thousand pages long. It's such a long book. And the whole time I was like, what? No, 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 no. <laughs> That's how it's supposed to happen. All these French novels that like end in tragedy. Yeah, it's all nobody's tragic happy and sad. ever yeah. after. Yeah, yeah. No, the book is not nearly as cool as the movie, if you ask me. Yeah, the movie's pretty awesome. Well, that's cool. Good job, John. Today we're talking about arches. Yes, which is also really cool. It is good segue there. Yeah. yeah. We love arches. In fact, we pretty much find ourselves in arches. Once or twice a year, I would say. Somehow we always just, it's like when we want a little weekend getaway or something, it's like, where should we go? Arches. Yeah, I love it because we could also go to Arches and Moab and Canyonlands like all in one trip. Yeah, I would say over the past few years, we spent a good amount of time in Arches, but it's a small national park. So Mm -hmm. at this point, we're pretty much just redoing things when we go. We do stuff our kids can't remember doing. Yeah, yeah. So... (laughs) Do you guys do you remember doing this and that? No, your brains didn't retain it. Okay, yeah. we got to redo something. Yeah, so we love Arches. We're down there a lot. We just really love the area. There's so much to do. 
you'll actually really never run out of things to do. I think that's what makes it fun. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's such a fun outdoor playground in so many different ways. And Arches is the peak of cool, I think, honestly. I love Canyonlands is my favorite Utah park, but Arches is iconic. People from all over the world recognize the delicate arch. And you so, should, yeah, you should go to both parks. Yes, while you're there, but Arches for sure is more of an icon. The crazy thing is that Arches National Park has over two thousand cataloged arches. Yeah, and granted, because I've tried counting, and I'm not even close to two thousand. <laughs> but granted, I think a lot of those are like I don't know one inch holes. I think the standard, I think we, I, I actually. Oh, did we look it up? We did. Didn't I we? asked a ranger. Oh, that's when right. When we went into the visitor center and they have a booklet in the back of the visitor center. Yes, With pictures that. of every cataloged arch. And I think the standard is, it has to be like two foot wide gap. Oh, that's bigger than I thought. Yeah. And so these arches, they're not like little tiny dimples in the rock <laughs> that's faces. That's what I was imagining. <laughs> Oh, we got to get to 2,000. So sure, this one counts. It will be bigger in 50,000 years. Right. Just get your put your elbow into that one. Yeah. It'll count. There's so many arches in there. I mean, they're not all the delicate arch, but they are all at least, you know, a few feet big. I mean, that's big enough to shove your toddler in to take a nap. Yeah. So that's bigger than I thought. I do remember that book in the visitor center, though, looking through that. Yeah. I have not seen even close to all that many. However, we have been to some really cool areas and arches that a lot of people don't know about and that a lot of people don't take the time to explore. And listen, I love all of the main stuff. I really, really do. Delicate Arch. (laughs) How many times have we hiked a Delicate Arch? A million (laughs) times. I lead hiking trips for WorldMark because we work with WorldMark by Wyndham down in Moab. Mm Mm-hmm. I've led their press trips hiking to Delicate Arch (laughs) several times, and it just never gets old. It really doesn't. However, I think my favorite parts of the park are the parts that pretty much nobody knows Mm -hmm. or goes to, which we will talk about. I promise we will go into that in this episode at least a little bit as we discuss all the cool things to do in Arches. Yes. Let's jump off, John. What's your favorite part of Arches? Ooh. My favorite part of Arches is the Devil's Garden area, specifically Landscape Arch. Okay. I love Landscape Arch because it's huge. It's absolutely massive. And you walk through like these giant fins of red rock. You're walking through the playground for whoever's creating all these arches. You're seeing arches in all stages of its formation. Mm -hmm. And so you're seeing giant red rock bolt monoliths basically you're seeing these things they're solid nothing's happened to them and then you see like the one right next to it is the next stage it's kind of like that scene from ice age when they're inside the ice and sid like sees the different evolutionary stages of the sloth oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) and then he sees it ends with himself you're basically walking through the devil's garden seeing all the different evolutionary stages of arches. Yeah. And it's so cool. And you're right in the middle of it and you're seeing big arches off to the left and right. And there's some side trails you can take. But I love Landscape Arch because it's absolutely massive. So Landscape Arch, 
It looks like it's going to break. And in fact, it has, which is why they closed the trail that used to go up closer to it. Mm -hmm. But it's over 300 feet long or wide. The opening is over 300 feet, which puts it as one of the widest natural rock arches in the world. Right. Oh, it's... We looked it up once. It's not the number one widest <laughs> arch, but it's pretty darn close. It's high up there. Right. And when you kind of compare it to a lot of the other arches that you see, we all know that the delicate arch is the famous one. But honestly, landscape arch looks fragile. You know, it does. When you, when that you... one should be called delicate arch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It looks like it could go at any minute because it's like there's so much weight and so much rock over that 300 foot gap yeah. that it's just like. It could any one of those sections could just crack it. Well, you look at it and you're like, how is that even still there? Yeah. It looks like it would just fall apart. When we're talking about Devil's Garden, this is the area of the park that is at the very end of the park road. Mm -hmm. So it's the furthest you can drive, like away from the entrance and the visitor center, all the way to the end. The road does a little loop-de-loop right there and turns you right back around to take you back out of arches. So you drive all the way out there and you can hike to Landscape Arch, which is only less than two miles to go to Landscape Arch and back to the parking lot. Mm -hmm. And it's mostly flat. It's not a super difficult trail. And then there's a couple of other arches along that way that you can see as well. You can go down some side trails and go see a couple more. So even if you just hike to Landscape Arch, you're still seeing three arches right right there exactly and you've already passed like a million arches as you've been driving (laughs) down that way there's arches you can see from the road skyline arch stuff like that Mm -hmm. so it's just a really cool trek to get out to the parking area itself and then to landscape arch but if you go beyond landscape arch and you take the primitive devil's garden trail yes you actually can see eight arches on one trail. Oh, it's a cool loop, man. It's really cool. There's only one other trail in Arches that I feel like you get to scramble as much. And we'll talk about that one later. I'm thinking of the Fiery Furnace. But this one, it's so cool. This primitive trail, you're climbing. Your first thing is you go up this fin and then it takes you to another higher level within the Devil's Garden. And then you're just like, there's so many fun things to it's so interactive. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. It's yeah. not just walking on a paved trail. No, not even close. And in fact, you really shouldn't do that trail unless you're okay with climbing over things and having to navigate your way over the red rock in awkward ways and things like that. Because, I mean, you will go up a giant fin at the very beginning when you're leaving Landscape Arch. And when we're talking about a fin, it's basically... I mean, it looks like a fin, a red rock. And those fins is what eventually turn into actual arches. Right. So they get narrower. They break off the big block Mm -hmm. of red rock and get narrower. And then the arch formation can start in that fin. Yeah. And a lot of these fins aren't that wide. Right. The one from the landscape arch is probably what, like three to four feet of walking area. Probably on the top, uh, but yeah. And if you step off of that, it, I bet then you it's it goes probably down ten feet wide. Gradually, yeah. But yeah, but it gets really steep really fast. And so you're walking along. It's almost like you're walking along a bike tire. Is kind of what it feels like, just like a really big bike tire. 
Mm-hmm. And so they're not very wide. It's not like a dome. It really is a frisbee disc almost just turned upside down and lodged into the sand. It's really cool, but you do have to be pretty sure-footed. Otherwise, you're going off the side and that's not good. Well, so but that's not even really the hard part of if you decide to do the whole loop because that fin, I mean, you'll go up it and it only takes a minute and then you'll get up kind of to the top. And this is assuming you're working your way towards like double O arch, which is really cool. But you'll hit a couple of other arches in the meantime as you're hiking to double O arch. So you hit Navajo arch and partition arch. Partition arch is my favorite. That's great. In fact, last time we went up there, I had a several different people ask just like randomly they're like hey so there's two arches right here which one's better (laughs) which one should we take the time to hike to and truthfully both but if you only have time to do one like partition i think is way cooler yeah you get such a cool view from partition arch it actually overlooks you can't really see landscape arch from partition arch but you overlook the whole area and it's gorgeous you can see the mountains off in the distance and you can have your really nice Instagram moment. Right. And then if you make it to Double O Arch, you can stop and hang out by Double O Arch, which is really cool. It looks like an eight. It's like one arch on top of the other. But if you go beyond Double O Arch, that's where you'll really hit a great spot where there's not very many people. Yeah, exactly. You'll find quite a few people up on the way to Double O Arch. But if you keep going, and this is where it actually turns into the primitive portion of this trail where it's just like, good luck. (laughs) Hopefully you can make it. Last time we did it, there was a huge pool of water that we had to navigate around. Yeah, Like the Slick Rock was really, it just like went down pretty steeply into this bowl of water. And we're like, (laughs) uh, and then there's one part where you have to climb down, like you kind of crab crawl Mm -hmm. down the rocks because it's it is technically the trail, but it's not. There's like no footholds or anything. So you're just kind of crab crawling down this rock. So right, it does get a lot more adventurous, but also there's like hardly any people back there. Right. And so it's become one of my favorite places to think, hang out. Yeah, I think a lot of people have heard of, are like, oh, the Devil's Garden. They do like that first little bit, those first couple of arches, Navajo or Partition. They climb up the fin just as so they said they did it. And then they go back the way they came instead of doing the full loop. Yeah. So the fin part and the first two arches, partition and Navajo plus to double O, that will feel busy. There will be a fair amount of people on there. But if you really want to like have a nice quiet experience in arches, which truthfully is getting harder to do, Mm -hmm. but you keep going past double O, you can go out to the Dark Angel that gets quieter, but also you can just loop around on the primitive trail, go over to private arch. And then just head down, just know that you do have to do a little bit of scrambling. It gets pretty fun back in there. Yeah, it's awesome. So that's a really cool area. And as far as like bang for your buck, again, like just start this trail. You can go to Landscape Arch only and Mm -hmm. still see three arches, big ones. So it's just really cool if you want to start checking off those arches (laughs) off your list, working your way to seeing all 2,000. That's a really good place to start. That's a cool goal. I wonder. Huh. We've got to be close. Just kidding. I think we've seen like <laughs> We've 50. probably only I seen a few seen hundred like, tops. Oh, you think so? That I many? bet you we've seen a few hundred. Yeah. But I don't think... Th- there's probably a lot that are hidden in places. 
the thing that you have to do while you're like driving through arches and stuff is you've got to look everywhere mm-hmm. for arches because they are like as you're driving really to anywhere mm-hmm. in arches there's all sorts of arches like hidden along the cliffs that you can just see from the road even right and so a lot of them are kind cool. of camouflaged into the red rock too and so you're driving through stuff you'll be amazed so right at the beginning not quite the beginning of of the devil's garden trail but one of the ones that you get to it's like pine tree arch and then there's another one right there but that other one it's so camouflaged you wouldn't even know it was there until it's you're like at the viewpoint for it because the red rock camouflages a lot of the arches that you would see if you had the right angle Mm -hmm. and so it's kind of tricky tunnel arch it's called tunnel tunnel arch Arch. yeah so okay well that's a really cool area should we just work our way along the park road yeah we started at the end I know. Accidentally. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Straight to the end. So as you're driving the park road back, so there is a side road. It's a dirt road. Yes. I can't believe we're getting to this this fast. No, we're not. I'm going to skip it for now. Oh, okay. Just know we're coming back to it. <laughs> but anyway, so you're driving back along the park road and then you'll hit the sand dune arch area. Right. Which I got to tell you, a lot of people love this one. I don't love it. I I don't know. Like, I don't, I just don't know if maybe because we're used to like more exciting trails or longer trails. But I mean, people love Sand Dune Arch. I always have people who are like messaging me like, well, we went to Sand Dune Arch and it was our kid's favorite. And I'm like, I don't know if it's because we actually particularly don't love sand because you find it in everything. You'll find yeah. it in all your crevices. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. And so to have the kids just like sit and play in the sand next to this arch, like for us, is not very enticing. Yeah, I think that's probably a big part of it. It's not a huge arch. It's fine. People love it, though. If I can, because I hate sand and it's probably me. That's (laughs) probably is you. I'm probably the problem here. It's because because... John's the clean police in our family. (laughs) And so it's like. Nobody can drop a crumb without him coming, you know, and he comes with the broom and he's like scooping it up. I'll be eating my dinner. I'll be sitting there just like minding my own business. And John will see that I drop something and I'm like, I'll get it. But I want to eat my dinner while it's hot. And John just like he'll bolt out of his chair and kind of start cleaning up while I'm eating. And it's not like like, I'm moving your plate and cleaning up underneath it. It's like if she drops a fry with some sauce I on the ground. I don't that, no. I'm not that <laughs> I mean, I am kind of a slob, but I always, no, I can't even say always. I usually clean it up pretty fast, but like the kids, they'll be eating and they'll eat a granola bar and there'll be a crumb and John will come up and be like, oh, I got to clean all this up. I feel and like so- I'm being unjustly <laughs> described. <laughs> <laughs> Our but kids would agree with me. They do. They call I you the, the clean police as well. I am the clean police in the so house. So therefore, sand is definitely not John's friend. <laughs> it is not. Yeah, it, it's just awful. I, I hate sand. <laughs> but if I can put myself in the mindset of a kid, the Sand Dune Arch Trail is actually pretty cool. Because you park, it's almost like you're in a slot canyon for a minute. You go through a You pretty, go in between some fins. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty neat. And then you keep, it's not that far, but then you get to where the arch is 
And it's basically like you're on a sand dune. And so there's lots of really loose sand. It's, it's almost a like, really small sand dune. Like, don't expect a huge sand dune. Right. It, it's, it's, it's sandy, but it's not like a massive sand dune. Right. It's like the size of McDonald's play place. And so <laughs> the arch isn't huge. So maybe a lot of kids like to play there because you can kind of go crazy. I can see why kids would like it. Right. I just, for us, we generally try to do a little bit more hiking and a little less just sitting and playing. So I think I get a little bit stir crazy where it's just like, okay, let's go. Yeah. Now, (laughs) where I do think it's worth going to Sand Dune Arch is if I'm going to have all sorts of people telling me, you're wrong, we love Sand Dune Arch. So (laughs) I'm owning it. I get that. But for me, as somebody who likes to hike a lot and really wants to feel like I'm out exploring, plus getting away from crowds, Mm -hmm. because this park, it feels crowded everywhere that's along the main road. It just does. And sometimes that gets just like really tiring for me where it's just like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired of being around people. Right. Um, But we like to go to Sand Dune Arch, but then we'll continue on over to Broken Arch. Yes. And then over to Tapestry Arch. And we hardly ever see people out there. Nobody goes out there. Yeah. Most people turn around at Sand Dune Arch and don't keep going. And... Broken Arch, I don't even, like, the first time we were like, should we hike out there? Because who wants to see a broken arch? Mm -hmm. It wasn't a broken arch. It was amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it was just a really cool arch that had a crack down the middle. So you don't want to stand underneath it, but it was pretty darn big. But you can stand underneath it, and it's really cool. (laughs) So for me, if I'm going to go to Sand Dune Arch, I'm also going to go to Broken Arch. Just to give myself, like, a little breathing room and to see something that... It's just not completely crowded by people. Right. And if you keep going to Tapestry Arch, which is also really cool and even quieter than Broken Arch. <laughs> yes. Then you can go and you loop around and it goes into the campground for a minute. And then you have to catch the trail again in between two campsites. It's around the early 50s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have it on dirt in my shoes. I don't have it memorized. But right. It's like between 51 and 52 or something. And you hike back down. In there, you're hiking on another fin, which is very similar to the Devil's Garden fin, Mm -hmm. but way quieter. Yes. There's nobody back there. That's pretty cool. And it's amazing. It is really cool. So, Oh, it's like platform nine and three quarters. It feels like, yeah. You have to find the right spot. You do. You go through and you're on the trail. (laughs) It's awesome. It's so fun. Platform nine and three quarters. Platform (laughs) 51 and and three quarters. (laughs) Two thirds. (laughs) Oh, it's different. So anyway, that's my spiel about Sand Dune Arch. I know a lot of people love it. I don't particularly love it, but I do love the other ones around it. So I think it's worth going to. Yeah. I just like to go to the other ones too. Agreed. Okay. Moving down the park road, we hit the Fiery Furnace. Yeah. This one is really cool, but it's not like the Devil's Garden where you can just drive their park and go on a cool hike. This area, you have to have a permit or go with a ranger. It it takes a little bit more planning to be able to explore the fiery furnace. They've always, like Arches, for as long as I can remember, has always said, don't go into the fiery furnace unless you like have really good navigating skills and stuff. Like, Don't try to self-guide yourself through it. Right. Because basically, it's just a whole bunch of, it's a lot of fins and stuff, but it also has a lot more just like hoodoo type structures but not quite yeah a lot of stuff sticking out (laughs) yeah it's really interesting it gets really confusing in there 
However, I've been surprised lately. Arches has been like way more open about people just like getting their own permit and just going in. And they used to be so much more strict about doing that. Like, I'm just like, oh my gosh, there's got to be people getting lost in there all the time. My brothers got lost in, in it's there. Like that, so. It's like the scene in The Two Towers. Ah, uh, it's because we've been here before. You know? <laughs> it is. <laughs> so you're just going around in circles and everything like that, like the hobbits and Emin Wheel. I wonder if it's because they do the ranger tours regular enough that they might be able to catch all the stragglers. Yeah. And I'm wondering if, because it's been a few years since I've been in the fiery furnace, it's really hard to get permits or ranger tours. Right. It's just, they sell out. So the last time I tried to get them, I tried to get them last spring and I tried for like four days and they were sold out within two seconds, like literally (laughs) two seconds. Yeah, I've never seen Aside from like glacier camping reservations, I've never seen anything go so fast. Yeah. I think I was the last to actually be able to go hiking through the fiery furnace because we got a permit and you stayed with the kids this time and I went. Yeah. Wait, did you go on a ranger led tour? I did. did you self guide? Oh, it was a ranger. It was a ranger led tour. But John would definitely get lost in the fiery (laughs) furnace, by the way. (laughs) He does not pay attention to signs or anything. If you heard our Acadia episode, we got lost on a very (laughs) well-marked trail. That's pretty common for you. Well-marked my eye. (laughs) It was blazes of all very similar shades of blue. (laughs) Blazes. If we were from the east, then... (laughs) We would be able to navigate blazes, but we don't know how, so that's a problem. Oh, uh, it's just a whole bunch of dots on rocks. <laughs> so I'm but that's lost. how the fiery furnace is. Like they have some stuff marked in there, so you can kind of tell where you're at. They do. They do. <laughs> Luckily, anyway. I was with a ranger tour, but it was the funniest ranger tour experience that I've had. It was so interesting because I was probably the only person under the age of fifty-five. Mm-hmm. on this ranger tour and i have never felt like spider-man before <laughs> john's but- <laughs> just jumping off rocks and- <laughs> it was so funny because we had to we were working our way into the fiery furnace and you have to climb over a few things and stuff like that and i don't know i just like stepped over things <laughs> that a lot of people were impressed by and <laughs> I was, I, and a lot of other people we were were giving a hand and helping people up and sometimes you needed to push on a bottom to get somebody up. <laughs> Did you push on bottoms? <laughs> we had to push on a few bottoms. <laughs> it was interesting. It, but it was so funny because I was like, I'd help somebody push them up and over something. And then when they're up, I'm just like walked up. <laughs> <laughs> you are kind of like a mountain goat, though. You're very yeah. sure-footed. I do have good feet. However, I do recall there's a part of the tour where you're kind of, you have to straddle two sides of the rock and there's a little chasm beneath you just a really little one like chasm chasm (laughs) (laughs) i love a good chasm (laughs) chasm i'm sorry Uh, um it's only like a foot deep so it's not like deep but it's enough to throw off people who are not very sure but it's so pretty sure i needed help on that part yes i'd have to push your bottom yeah to get up (laughs) some bottom pushing So the Fiery Furnace is really fun. If you've never been before, though, try to get the Ranger-led tour, really. They really did used to, like, be very clear about, like, don't go into the Fiery Furnace on a self-guided unless you've been there before and you're good at navigating and stuff. 
but I feel like they've kind of backed off from that. Right. <laughs> so I don't know why, because it's still pretty confusing. But anyway, it's really fun. Uh, it's a fun thing to add in if you can get it. So oh. hopefully you can get it, but you do your reservations on recreation.gov for either the self-guided or the ranger tour. And just make sure you're there exactly when they open up. And like I said, even I haven't been able to get them for the dates I wanted them last time. So just be there exactly when they open up. Make sure you're there because otherwise you really will have no shot at getting into the fiery furnace. It's true. Also, the ranger-led tours of the fiery furnace, you have to be older than five. Right. So you can't take little kids in there on that ranger-led tour. That's so. probably why I went by myself, actually. I think. Oh, yeah. We couldn't. Were... Our kids were too little. Otherwise, I would have gone. But yeah. yeah, our kids were too little and we don't know how to self-guide through the fiery furnace <laughs> and I'm not brave enough to try. So. Right. Uh, but this is probably a good time to pause for just a second and say, especially on these trails where you might have a problem getting lost or you might have to navigate a little bit more. These trails specifically are places where you will want to make sure you have plenty of water. Everywhere in arches. Yeah. And that's a good point because something that always surprises me about arches is that there's only water fill-up stations at Devil's Garden and at the Visitor Center. Yeah. And they're separated. I'm the very beginning of the park and the very end of the park. Even they don't have water at Delicate Arch, which is the most popular trailhead in the park. No water. So I think that's definitely something worth mentioning because especially in, do you remember the year we went to Moab? We went to Arches in June. That was so hot. Hotter than Hades. Oh my gosh. And I was just like, who's idea was this <laughs> and it wasn't mine it was for like a family reunion with my parents <laughs> Stop it. it was my mom i'm blaming my mom but no like if you go in the summer pretty much don't plan on being out in the middle of the day at all because it's just way too hot mm-hmm. and you just need to carry tons and tons and tons of water with you oh yeah you so. go through so much in like your body is just losing moisture so fast because not only is the sun beating down on you and easily in the 90s for a large part of the year in Moab, especially during the summer months, it can be over 100. But then the sun's beating down on you, but then you have all of this red rock that is literally absorbing this heat and shooting it back at you. Mm-hmm. And so you're getting hit from both sides. And there's like no shade anywhere. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. So there's not like big trees and stuff along the trails, really. We went to Arches in just a couple months ago. It's like the end of September, beginning of October. Mm-hmm. And even still, it was like 90 degrees no shade. We hiked up to Delicate Arch and there's one part of the trail that has like a little bit of shade, like (laughs) tiny trees. Right. And everyone's just like huddled. (laughs) It's like two by two shady spots. <laughs> Everybody's just standing there like, I need shade. It's so hot. So. I don't care if my back's all sweaty. I'm pushing it up against you anyways. Yeah, we all need to fit. <laughs> so let's talk about Delicate Arch though, because that's the next stop along the park road. Yeah. So you'll turn off and you'll go towards, it's called the Wolf Ranch Trailhead, mm-hmm. which I feel is a little confusing, but there is a ranch there. The Wolf Ranch is there, which is cool. <laughs> But it's really the Trail of the Delicate Arch. Right. So. They put it, the Wolf Ranch Trailhead, to confuse people. 
Yeah. So they don't actually <laughs> like, going there. Hold on. Wait, is this it? <laughs> I feel like for the delicate arch, it should be pretty clear. But anyway. Exactly. So you park at Wolf Ranch and you hike to the delicate arch. And delicate arch, it's like a three-mile hike. You gain a fair amount of elevation, somewhere around 500 feet. Mm-hmm. For exact measurements, <laughs> go to dirtinmyshoes.com because I have all of that there. The numbers get jumbled in my head sometimes. So right. I know it's around three miles and I know it's around 500-ish <laughs> feet. So <laughs> Yes, but it's a pretty big parking lot. And so a lot of people can be on this trail at the same time. So it gets pretty busy. But also there's some really cool petroglyphs at the beginning of the trail, mm-hmm. which are really fun or near the Wolf Ranch area. So you'll pass some of the houses, you'll kind of take a side trail that wraps around a little bit close to these rocks, and you'll be able to see some really cool, I don't know if they're pictographs or petroglyphs or what exactly they are. I think they're petroglyphs. I oh, it says rock art panel, rock whatever art. Those, but it's, I think they're petroglyphs. Right. But they're cool. They're, they're really so fun. Cool. So that's a fun little side thing to do. And then you'll hike up to Delicate Arch along a big, giant slab of slick rock. Right. And so you're just hiking up this rock. It's relatively steep. When you watch people do it, they look like little ants going up the hill. (laughs) Yeah. And then it's like, oh my gosh, that's going to be us. But that really is like, that's the hottest, hardest part of the trail. So once you get past that part, it will start to flatten out a little bit. You'll get a little bit more shade. You'll kind of be tucked into the rocks instead of on just like this big open area. Mm -hmm. And then... My favorite experience in arches is hiking up. You go up this little pathway that's been carved into the rocks. You got a pretty good drop on one side. And so it just, you can feel the anticipation building. Right. And you go up this trail and then you get up to the top of it and you go up and over the bowl. Basically, there's a big bowl Mm -hmm. in front of Delicate Arch, but you come up and over and it's just like, whoa. There it is. Yes. And it's it's, so cool. You can see it in pictures. You can see it on the Utah license plate. Like you'll see it on things. But until you've seen it in person, it just absolutely does not like nothing does it justice. No. Until you actually get there. It really doesn't look like it belongs there either. Like that's what blows me away every time I see it is a lot of times you see I don't know, you could you look around you and you see, okay, you see big piles of red rock, sedimentary rock all over each other in different places. But then you see this delicate arch. It's literally on like this ledge and then it just like comes out. It's almost as if a giant literally just like placed it there. Mm-hmm. It's so unnatural looking to me sometimes when I see it. I'm like, how does that happen? It's well, crazy. Because there's nothing else around it that's like eroding still. In a similar way. Right. For a lot of the other arches, you can see, you know, a lot of them will be tucked into areas that are also potentially going to form arches Mm -hmm. (laughs) eventually and stuff. And it's like delicate arches just sitting. Yeah. And there's no rocks around it. And there's nothing else that could become an arch (laughs) in this area. So it just, yeah, it's so crazy. It's so cool. It's magnificent. And I don't use that word often because it has a lot of syllables. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really hard word for John. <laughs> if you can't hike to Delicate Arch, then there are a couple of viewpoints. If you just keep driving past the trailhead, it'll take you to some viewpoints. 
It's a good alternative. The arch looks really, really small from those viewpoints. You're quite far away. Right. But if you can't hike or you just don't want to, then going to those viewpoints is the other way to see Delicate Arch. Yeah. So (laughs) there's a few options there for every type of ability. You can at least see Delicate Arch while you're at the park. Mm -hmm. Do you have a preference like what time of day? Would you rather be there for a sunrise or sunset? So sunset, I think you get better lighting Mm -hmm. on the arch. There's also a million more people. (laughs) Yes. And also, if you have to hike down in the dark, (laughs) we've done this and we got lost. Right. Really, although they've added signs along the slick rock part of the trail, Mm -hmm. because it's not like a set trail. It's just a big rock you're hiking up. Right. Right. And so we've gotten lost on there and just couldn't find the regular trail. Once we got to the bottom, it took us a minute. To, to get our bearings. Yeah. Keep that in mind. If you're hiking down after sunset, it's a little bit more challenging, I would say. But sunrise, I think, still beats it out for me. I think sunrise in arches is my absolute favorite time to be in the park. Mm-hmm. Sunset is gorgeous. Like if you're really looking for like just those iconic shots of delicate arch with good lighting, hopefully a nice cloud formation or two <laughs> behind it or whatever. You'll probably get that better at sunset Mm -hmm. because sunrise, the sun comes up right behind Delicate Arch. So the sun is in your eyes while you're looking at Delicate Arch. But the experience itself, for me, I prefer sunrise. It's Mm -hmm. much quieter. There's hardly anyone up there. And in the park in general, it's just really quiet and you feel peaceful. Yeah. So that beats it out for me, I think. Yeah, I totally agree. Good question, though. That's a big deal in arches. It is. I get that question a lot, actually, about good sunrise and sunset spots and also night sky viewing. Those are like the really important things that people just really want to do when they're here in addition to actually just seeing the arches. Yeah, I agree. And we've been into the park a lot of times for sunrise. And I feel like especially if you get into the park while it's still dark, you have a really unique experience where you're driving around, you're seeing the park like it was like 40 years ago before it got really crazy busy. And you get there and as the sun comes up, a lot more people start to join you and things like that. But the air is a lot more crisp at sunrise than it is like at sunset. And I just love the feeling of the area. It's cool. I would say my favorite, and this is the next area we're going to talk about anyway, but I think my favorite place to be for both Sunrise and sunset, pretty much, Mm -hmm. is the windows. Oh, yeah. That's such a neat You get good lighting either way because the trail, so there's a regular pathway that takes you up to the windows, which is two arches right next to each other. And they look very similar. It's actually amazing. This whole area is so cool. And the arches are huge. They're huge. So you've got the windows right there. And so if you're there for sunset, you can stay closer to the parking area and the light will shoot onto those arches really Mm -hmm. beautifully. If you're there for sunrise, though, you can follow, they call it the primitive trail Mm -hmm. for this one again as well. It's just a trail. It's just not paved like (laughs) the rest of it. So it's just a regular trail, but a lot of people don't go on this trail. And it takes you around the backside where, can I just say, when you go around the backside of the windows, they're now called the spectacles. And I just don't agree with it. I don't know why you would change the name, whether you're looking at the front side or the backside. 
nobody does that for me. I know. You're just John. (laughs) Some people prefer different sides of me. John from the front, John from the back. Yeah, it's just, it's kind of funny. I know. It's funny to me because if you see stuff that says the spectacles, it's actually just the backside of the north and south window. Right. If we use that same logic from the parking lot side, then we should call this is the left monocle and this is the right monocle. Yes. Well, and they together didn't... they're the spectacles from the other side. <laughs> See, they should have you naming these things. Oh my gosh, if you were set free to name things. <laughs> oh man, I think that area would be the Mr. Peanut area because he's my favorite guy that wears a monocle. Oh my gosh. Yeah, let's not have you name things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, if we go along the backside to the spectacles, then that's really pretty at sunrise. It's so then cool. the sun hits that direction so when we've been there at sunrise where if you're on the parking lot side of the arch like up close to the arch watching the sunrise Mm -hmm. versus on the spectacle side watching the sun hit the arch it's totally different experience because Mm -hmm. there could be 50 people at the it's the north window that you can climb up really easily and like and you can watch the sunrise through the arch, which is really cool. Yeah. But there's also just a million people right there. Right. So you have that option of you could watch the sun there. Or if you go to the other side or along the primitive trail, we were honestly alone. It was really cool. It was quiet. Yeah. It was beautiful. I will say when I say a million people, I mean like 10 (laughs) (laughs) at sunrise. It's really not that busy. (laughs) But It's not terrible. But if you go around the backside, there's zero. So it feels different. And you've also got turret arch right there, which is really cool. So even just in that short little walk, you've got north window, south window, and turret arch. Mm -hmm. And then one of my absolute favorite arches in this park, maybe even my favorite, I can't decide, but it's pretty far up. You just go around the parking lot. You don't even have to move your car. You just walk to the other side of the parking lot. And you can see this one from the parking lot, but you can get closer. And I highly recommend you do because it's double arch. Oh, yeah. Which is just one of the coolest arches in this park. I guess it's probably considered two arches. Now, I'm going to use this word again, but it's magnificent. It's magnificent. It's so cool. It was so magnificent. In fact, that spot is included in Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade. At the very beginning of the movie, it's right there. It's so good. It's where young Indy finds the area where the grave robbers were stealing stuff. But that the arch is so cool and it's literally towering over you. It's got two sections that kind of go at like a 90 degree angle from each other. Mm-hmm. But you can just kind of scramble underneath it and just look up in awe. It's at, massive. At this amazing, I don't know, the handiwork of nature is so cool sometimes. And Double Arch is definitely one of the best in the park. Fun fact. Ooh. What's the tallest arch in arches? Double arch. Double arch. <laughs> nice. How yeah. tall is it? It's 112 feet tall. Oh my gosh. So, that's way taller than I thought it was. Yeah. So it's 112 feet tall and it's the second longest arch in the park. 144 feet wide. That's so cool. But that's still, it's the second longest. I said widest, but well, you know what I mean. Right. For landscape arch. <laughs> so landscape arch is the longest. Right. Then at 300 feet, somewhere it was like 302 or something. Right. Three football fields. Yeah. Or one football field. One football field. <laughs> and then Double Arch is the next 
longest at 144. So it's like half as long as landscape arch. Wow, that's really interesting to crazy, think about. Crazy, huh? Yeah. That is crazy. It just shows you the giant magnitude of the other one. Yeah. But even double arch is huge. Double arch is huge. And it's so, so cool. I really do think it's my favorite just because it's massive. And now that I'm thinking of it, you can climb up underneath it and stuff. <laughs> There's so many big boulders that you're climbing over. I'm like, oh, it's probably <laughs> not a good idea either. All right. of those fell off the arch at some point. <laughs> but anyway, it's really cool. So you can see double arch, north window, south window, tur arch. And then there's a couple other smaller ones. Bicep arch. Yeah. I was going to say armpit. I knew it was a body part. (laughs) As you approach north window, it's off to the left. I think that's where it's at. It's one of those smaller arches that kind of blends in. It's a little bit trickier to see. You won't see it unless you're looking for it. It is hard to see. But there's other ones all along this area as you're driving the park road down into here. You'll see them up in the cliffs. And it's just, it's really cool. There are so many arches right here. And there's some of my favorites. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think this area in particular is awesome for either golden hour. You can be there early in the morning. You can be there for sunset. Either way, you'll be able to find a way to get the pictures that you want and the experience that you want because the sun kind of hits both sides in a really cool way. You can also go stargazing here. So it's a win-win-win. Yes. That's a really cool area. If we keep driving, you'll hit Balanced Rock, which you can see right off the park road, or you can walk around it if you want. And that's a very iconic non-arch formation in Arches National Park. And this is the area where you kind of start getting into those non-arch formations that are pretty cool Mm -hmm. that a lot of people just kind of pass by and don't pay attention to. Beyond Balanced Rock is pretty popular. It is pretty cool. Also, the site of a cool cameo in a movie. It was in one of the Hulk movies. Oh, yeah. As Hulk was jumping from like the middle of the country out to California, he was covering hundreds of miles in each leap. He landed in Arches National Park. Oh, really? By Balanced Rock? (laughs) I'm trying to remember. I think they were hoping that people wouldn't notice, but I think he jumped twice in Arches. I think he landed by Balanced Rock, (laughs) and I think he landed by Delicate Arch. They're like, oh, we'll just do this while we're here. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty cool. I was like, oh, he jumped like 500 miles (laughs) in the last jump. And like three miles in this one. So he was sightseeing. He recognized the beauty that he jumped into and wanted to stay a little longer. Yes. In case you're hoping to look it up, I think it's the Hulk where Nick Nolte is Bruce Banner's dad. So I don't remember which one the title actually is, but it was a good one. Nice. Just look for Nick Nolte in the cast. <laughs> so that's Balanced Rock. Then you continue going to, you'll see Sheep Rock, which is very well named, I think. You see the Three Gossips. Yeah, those are cool. Which is one of my favorites. It looks like three ladies standing there talking. Yeah. Or men. Or Doesn't dudes. have to be women. Right. Although they do kind of look like they're wearing dresses. So. Yeah. I just. I'm trying not that? to stereotype. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Courthouse Towers. That's really cool area. And then you come back around and you're in the Park Avenue area of the park, which again is another just like basically non-arch area of cool formations. Right. I'm sure there's some small arches in there, but it's not known for as arches. But you can do the Park Avenue Trail, which drops you down into a little 
canyon-ish mm-hmm. thing right? <laughs> in between some really tall formations. So it feels like you're looking up at buildings similar to Park Avenue. Right. So it's a really cool area too. The trail is really neat. But one thing that you should notice while you're driving around here, between like the Balanced Rock area and these viewpoints for courthouse and everything like that, and especially as you kind of come around a corner and head back towards the visitor center, a lot of what is on both sides of the road here is petrified sand dunes. Mm -hmm. And so it's really cool. If you just think that petrified sand dunes, and as you're looking around, you kind of see the rolling hill look of all of the land that's kind of surrounding you leading up to some of these larger red rock formations that just stand straight up out of the ground. It's really interesting because this area was part of a huge sand desert and somehow it just over time, the pressure built as the sand got deeper and sediments got on top and on top and on top and it just petrified these sand dunes in place. And so what we're seeing as we're driving past is the remnants of this ancient desert. And it's super cool. Only if you know what you're looking at. Otherwise, you won't even notice. Right. Otherwise, (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise you'll think it just looks like everything else. (laughs) Public service announcement from John is when you're in this area, look off to the east. Right. (laughs) And you'll see this petrified dunes area. And if you see it through that lens, you'll think it's cool. But you heard it here first. (laughs) So that pretty much gets us to the end. You'll go down the hill. You'll get to the visitor center. It is funny how we started all the way at the end of the park road and worked forward. (laughs) But honestly, in a lot of cases, that is what you'll do because the busier areas of the park are further in for most of the year. So, (laughs) Right. A lot of times the first thing you'll do is either Devil's Garden or you'll do the Delicate Arch. So you'll do kind of one or the other and work your way back. Yep. So that and this park is pretty small. I mean, it really only takes like 45 minutes to drive the park road. Right. So it doesn't take that long. It's not a big, complex, complicated park. It's pretty straightforward, but there's just so many cool things to see. I would give yourself one to two days. You can do a lot in one day in this park because it has a lot of shorter hiking trails and a lot of arches you can see just right from the road Mm -hmm. or the parking areas. But if you can swing two, I would definitely do two over one. (laughs) There's definitely enough to keep you busy for two days. Now, before we leave the park, because we do want to talk about Moab for a minute. Moab's awesome. awesome. (laughs) Moab is so cool. Those t-shirts that have like London, Paris, Moab are the best. (laughs) They totally deserve it. But before we talk about Moab, let's stay in the park for a minute and talk about the side road that I didn't talk about earlier. Right, where we put the bookmark in. Yeah, man. So when you're getting down close to the Devil's Garden, you'll notice there's a side road. It's a dirt road called the Salt Valley Road. And a lot of people don't even know that this is here. It's not like super well marked or really obvious. And it's a good dirt road. You drive all the way down it to, you can get to the trailhead for Tower Arch. Yeah. Which is really cool. But I would do that if you have some extra time. Like if you're staying in the park for two to three days, Mm -hmm. then go hike out to Tower Arch because you'll pass the Marching Men, which is a really cool formation. And it's just so quiet back in here. There's just really not people. No, there's nobody there. So it's really cool. And Tower Arch is cool. But if you have a Jeep, which you can rent 
plethora of Jeeps in Moab. Yes. Moab is a Jeeping town. There are Jeeps <laughs> everywhere. It is not hard to come by a Jeep. No, definitely not. We really like... Twisted Jeeps. We really like Twisted Jeeps. Their, their Jeeps were so awesome. They're amazing. And they're yeah. so... They're built for some really cool adventure. And so even if you're a novice at four-wheeling, basically... The Jeep takes care of you. It kind of makes up for any lack in skill a little bit because it it's so it's such a tough beast but of a Jeep. So there's a Jeeping road back in here before you get to the Tower Arch trailhead along the dirt road. You can turn off and there's a Jeeping road. And this road will take you. So you do have to have high clearance and you do have to have four-wheel drive. Oh, definitely. Definitely. It gets pretty gnarly back in there. But you can drive even closer to Tower Arch, where it's just like basically not a hike at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're in a Jeep, you can drive around and go see Tower Arch that way. And then you drive through the park in an area that very few people ever see. It is the quietest that I have ever, ever experienced Arches National Park. Oh, yeah. But- Do you remember last time we were there? Well, not last time, but last time when we went jeeping. We had been in all the normal areas of arches, and I was just like feeling so sad to be there <laughs> because, like, we had seen people. I'd had to tell people to stop carving their names into rocks, mm-hmm. and I do get kind of vocal. I'm very protective of these desert landscapes because they're so fragile. Right. And arches has what's called cryptobiotic crust, which is a living crust that keeps everything in place so that everything doesn't erode. Right. And it gives nutrients to the very few plants that are able to grow here. And anyway, it's just really important. It helps the moisture stay in the soil. Yeah. And so you have to stay on the trail in this park. You have to. Otherwise, you're crushing this crust. That takes hundreds of years to grow. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, I'm very protective of it. And I just felt like like we had spent a day and I was like, oh my gosh, nobody's staying on the trail. They're trampling the crust. They're writing their names in the rocks. They're vandalizing everything and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was just like so sad to see people treating arches that way. And then the next day we got a Jeep and we did this Jeeping road back in here. And it was just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there are still lots of places in arches that are untouched yeah. by people who cannot take care of these beautiful landscapes. Right. Like there's still a whole portion of the park that nobody goes to mm-hmm. and nobody touches. And the cryptobiotic crust back there was like four inches tall. It yeah. was like the healthiest, coolest cryptobiotic crust I've ever seen. <laughs> there were poppies. They were poppies. Oh, just like in the wash. Coming out of the sand. Yeah. And just a field of red poppies next to this red rock that just blew my mind. And then you get to see Tower Arch and you get to see Eye of the Whale Arch, which is really cool. And so there are a couple arches back in there and it's just like a really quiet, untouched part of arches. So if you're going to go off trail or if you're going to leave trash or if you're going to write your name in the rocks, then do not go on this road or I will hunt you down <laughs> because this is the part of the park that people don't mess with. Right. And it it's, stays it's pristine such, and beautiful. Oh, it's so gorgeous. And it's one of the best. We actually have a post on Dirt in My Shoes. So if you do want to Jeep and have some off-roading fun in arches and get to these places, you can find that on Dirt in My Shoes. Yeah. And I'll walk you through all the different stops that you'll see. And you can see my picture of the red poppies. And it's so beautiful. Yeah. So, Definitely check out that post. And then there's another 
jeeping road that you'll intersect with as you're coming off of it from Eye of the Whale called the Willow Flats Road. And that one has a dinosaur footprints. Which is awesome. Which is really cool. You can actually see like exactly how the dinosaur walked. It blew my mind. Oh, it was so cool. So that's you can cool. take giant steps that have been taken 65 million years ago. It was yeah, so cool. It's so cool. So that is my special spot in Arches that we love to go back to. It's just really quiet. But if you destroy it, I will find you. <laughs> so There's fire in her eyes right now. And I'm just sitting here quietly and nicely trying not to attract any attention. Let's talk about Moab real quick because you're probably going to be staying in Moab while you're visiting Arches. Right. That makes the most sense. It's the closest place to the park. Arches National Park does not have a lodge. It only has a campground. And the campground is out at the Devil's Garden. So it's at the very end of the road. So if you can camp there, great. But a lot of people don't. A lot of people stay in town. And Moab is just, it has its own feel. Yep. <laughs> There's adventures of all kinds. So many different kinds of outdoor recreation. You've got your parkies like us who are just there to see the parks. And then you've got people who are there to rock climb and people who are there to Jeep mm-hmm. and people who are there to raft and people who are there to mountain bike. Yep. Like there's just so many different types of people and different ways to recreate in this area. And it's so, so cool. I know it's like a melting pot of all the good things that you can do outside. And you can usually tell which group they belong to by what they're wearing. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) It's so fun because I came from a river rafting family. And so I can point out a lot of rafters really quick because it's always the dudes wearing short shorts. Yeah, and chacos. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. And a lot of the ATVers are the ones that come prepared with koozies for their drinks. Mm -hmm. And then the rock climbers usually have some type of chalk on their hands. And it's but parkies specifically like only the hikers. The sun big, hats. The sun, yeah, the yep. flappy shade hats yep. and yep. sunscreen on their noses. Well, that's overdoing it a little bit, but yes, the rock climbers you can tell because they're like real. They have real muscles. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I get always. I was like, oh, that person rock climbs. You can see all the rippling muscles in their arms, like the lean muscle. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the parkies always have like the shade hats that's a really or like the knee socks <laughs> yep it's true <laughs> the hiking boots and the knee socks it's true a lot of the other outdoor rec groups are showing off their tan lines and a lot of us parkies are trying to keep the sun off of us <laughs> as much as possible <laughs> it's true i love walking down main street in moab and just seeing all the different types of people who find adventure in yeah. this area it's really fun it's contagious it yeah. makes you want to like do something really bad, eh? You know, it's just like I just want—I just want to tackle something. I just yeah, you want to—you want to take on a new adventure when yeah. you're there. You're like, we just had a fun adventure, but that person just had an adventure totally different from yeah. what I do, and I want to go jump in their van. Yeah. I want to be a part of their crew for a bit. We have a few favorite restaurants in this area. Yeah, there's Actually, good food there's in some Moab. Really good food. <laughs> my favorite is Thai Bella. I think that's mm. my favorite restaurant there. Yeah, that one is really excellent. And I always get the pad CU, which cannot be beat. Whenever we order Thai, Ash has to order for me because I never do it right. I just always get the pad CU. <laughs> it's really <laughs> it's not, easy. It's not that hard. It's, it can be hit or miss depending on where you're at, but Thai Bella is really good. We really like Sultan Mediterranean too. That place is really good. Oh, that was so good last so, time. Yeah. Yeah. Couple good options there. As far as staying, so you have like tons of hotel options. 
mm-hmm. in Moab. And so you can find something for your budget. There's some really nice places to stay. There's some not as nice, but cheaper places to stay. Like right. you have a lot of options. There's a ton of RV parks. There's a lot of options for staying. If you're camping and you can't get camping in the park, then there's a lot of dispersed camping or BLM camping or forest service. It's mostly BLM yeah. <laughs> down there. So we really like like Highway 128. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go up that and that takes you up towards like Fisher Towers and stuff. There's a museum up there with John Wayne stuff when you go up that highway. So that's really pretty. But there's a bunch of campgrounds along the river right there that are nice. It's um, awesome. You can go the other way and go Highway 279 to some other campgrounds. And that takes you kind of down by Corona Arch, which is a really cool arch. It's awesome. It's, it's not huge. in arches, but is so impressive. Yeah. It should be in arches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's arches material. It's so cool. It is cool. We actually, on the Dirt in My Shoes YouTube channel, we have a video for arches for camping. And not only do you detail out a lot of the, you know, Devil's Garden campground in the park, but you go through a lot of the campgrounds that are available outside of the park, dispersed camping options and things like that. So if you're interested in camping, we have something for you on the Dirt in My Shoes YouTube channel. Yeah, there's lots of options in that area and we've tried a bunch of them. Yes. (laughs) So (laughs) we usually camp when we're down there. It's a really cool area. Again, we just... We love Moab. Stay in Moab if you're going to Arches. I would not stay further out because it's so nice to just be right there. <laughs> it's super easy. And then you're close to the Canyonlands Island in the Sky District as well. If you want to pop down to other parts of Canyonlands, you can right from Moab. There's just like so much to do right there. So yes. I would just stay in Moab or stay in the park at the campground. And then it will be super easy to start your Arches adventure and to get back in there and to have just a ton of fun. Now, I do want to mention that Arches has started making you have a timed entry reservation to get into this park. Definitely check on that. Make sure that if you're going during the dates that they're running this entrance reservation that you have what you need. I have a full Dirt in My Shoes itinerary for Arches National Park. It's uh, either two days or one day in the park. You can see everything. (laughs) I'll make sure you know how to get your reservation to get in and uh, what time I would be in different places so that you're not just dealing with crowds the whole time, stuff like that. So if you want my help planning your Arches itinerary and your hour-by-hour schedule and getting those reservations, those extra reservations, then head over to dirtinmyshoes.com and click on the National Park Itineraries and you will find Arches in there. Yes, definitely. That's such a great resource for people. And then for your task for the day, go over to the Dirt in My Shoes Facebook or Instagram page. There will be a post there for you. I want you to share with us what you wear to the National Park because <laughs> we'll respond back and tell you whether or not we would have put you in the parky crew or if we would have put you in a different crew if we were walking in downtown moab would we be able to tell if you're a park person or do you look more like a rock climber with lean muscles <laughs> <laughs> or you know short shorts short like a shorts. rafter yeah. <laughs> or however you've addressed going into the park send us a picture of your get up and we'll tell you how we would assign you if we were just stereotyping and having some fun in downtown Moab. Should we have John do it? John never gets on the Instagram page. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, we should have. I, I'll be nicer. You'll probably. be nicer. Yeah, just uh, kidding. No, John will be silly. You might. They might want you to do it. Okay, maybe I'll. We'll see. On. It will be a joint effort. Okay. So yes, share your what you like to wear when you go to the parks. We're very curious. So <laughs> anyway, that's your task for this week. Thank you for listening to this episode. Please leave us a five-star review if you can. We would yes. love to hear from you, hear any of your comments, and see how you're liking the podcast. And we just want to say thank you for exploring Arches with us today. Please go and get a lot of dirt in your shoes. Yeah.